Hello and welcome to another episode of the Godly Grunt Podcast. My name is John Cooper, otherwise known as the Deacon of Death, and I am uh, alone today, but uh, Godly Grunts, our mission is to train soldiers to be better Christians and Christians to be better soldiers. I uh, came down with COVID. Yes. So, um, my boy Braun is not with me as I'm in quarantine and actually in a, another city where I caught it. <laughs> not going to give away too many details, but visiting family and um, came down with COVID. So I am uh, here to bring this podcast alone. Uh, we're trans. We're going from our uh, series where we've just kind of been talking about army related topics uh <clears throat> we've been interviewing some really interesting people about depression, suicide, anxiety. We've had some awesome podcasts. But now we are starting our podcast series on um spiritual warfare. So number one, I'd like to apologize up front uh for the not the best communications stuff. I don't have my microphone or anything with me, just my laptop. And secondly, uh, as you could probably hear, I'm just recovering, still in the recovering phase from COVID. So uh, just bear with me as we go through this. So we're about to enter our uh, podcast on spiritual warfare, transitioning over to that. Uh, this is going to take us a couple months to get through. Um, I have a pretty, I'm going to give an overview of spiritual warfare here today. I have a pretty uh, succinct way of when I teach and I've taught, spoke at a couple conferences and preached men's groups uh, on spiritual warfare. Uh, when people find out you were in the army, especially in the, in the combat arms uh, realm, this tends to be what uh, they want you to speak on. So, um, so I've come up with a pretty, pretty succinct way of teaching Uh spiritual warfare it all comes from ephesians 6 so if you have your bibles i uh, encourage you to go along with me in ephesians 6 if you're out mowing your lawn or, or whatever the case may be maybe getting a workout in um you can just i'll read the verses you don't have to follow along in your bible but uh i will be reading the verses if, if not if you're just kind of sitting around listening to it i encourage you to uh to grab your bibles and so start Ephesians 6, uh, starting at verse 10. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so the first verse gives us the first thing we need to know when talking about spiritual warfare. And that's know your commander. That's know your commander. And so... Finally, be strong in the what the Lord and in the strength of his might. Christ is our commander. He is our Lord. He is the one who gives us commands. We uh, obey his commandments. That's how we show him we love him. Uh, by following his word is, is what he wants us to do. That's how we grow in sanctification. That's what we do as Christians. We don't do certain things and hope that uh, we will be saved. But once Christ has saved us by his grace, uh, we then follow in line and do the works that he has laid out for us. 
And so with Christ being our king, he is king of kings and lord of lords. With his sacrifice on the cross, uh, he conquered death. All power and authority was given to him. Uh, and we see that at the end of Matthew, when he sends his, his uh, apostles out, his disciples, that all power and authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth. So Christ is our king. He's not just king of our hearts. He's king of all. And one day he will come again and he will establish. I mean, and I know this is difference depending on where you land on your theology of the end times, uh, exactly what the millennial kingdom looks like and all this kind of stuff. But Christ will come again. And it's going to be a very scary judgment when he does come again. No matter how you uh, slice and dice your eschatology, uh, it's going to be very scary uh, when Christ returns. And one thing that we need to, when we're witnessing to people and we are, we are trying to give them the gospel that saves, one thing we need to understand is this gospel does save them from themselves and their sin, but it also saves them. Christ is offering salvation from himself. Christ is saying that uh, we look at Ma in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 10, 28, where Christ says, do not fear man who can destroy the body, but, but fear me who can destroy the body and, and soul in hell. I mean, Christ is the one who, des who destroys in hell. Christ is everywhere. He's omnipresent. He will be in hell. Uh, and your family members um, who may not be saved, your friends who may not be saved, my friends and family members who aren't saved, that is their trajectory if they continue down uh, the path they're on and they don't repent and turn to the Lord. Um, it's a very scary thought that the same Christ who saves me is, is the same Christ who will uh, bring forth eternal damnation uh, to my family members. And Christ being our commander, being our king, uh, sets us up where we have him in us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. And that gives us strength to fight our daily battles. Our commander is not just sending us out without the strength to fight. Uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, Christ in us is strength. It is strength to face the hordes of hell. Um, we can't do it by ourselves. We need Christ. And that's here in verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Nowhere here is it our might. Nowhere here does it say we can take on the hordes of hell. Nowhere here does it say that we can take on Satan. We can even take, can't even take on our own flesh. But it's Christ in us that is the strength. So knowing your commander, knowing his commands, knowing that he loves you, that he sacrificed himself, he paid a price for us. Christ paid a price for me. How humbling is that? Like I deserve, I don't deserve that at all. Yet Christ came down and he paid that price. It's an amazing thing. And like, and like I said, this is an overview. So we're not going to spend an awful amount of time on, on each one of these points and belaboring these points. But uh, before we move on from know your commander, who is Christ? Uh, if you're listening to this and you're, you got uh, this in a care package, this podcast, whatever. You got it in a care package. You got, you just decided to check it out. And this is where you're at. This is the one you landed on. Um, or you've been listening and you're a soldier and, and you're not saved. You don't have Christ as your savior. Uh, 
our commander, Christ, died for you on a cross. In three days, he defeated death and rose again. And brother, sister, uh, for you to continue on with this podcast and not repent of your sin and turn to him and believe in him for everlasting life, you have no hope. You have no hope. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. You need this grace. Christ loves you so much that he gave himself up as a penalty. He paid the penalty for your sins. That way you can live eternally with him. And the way to come to him is to confess that you are a sinner in need of him with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord and then make him Lord of your life. Live for him. That's the only way to be saved from what is coming. And and if you look at the world around us, it feels like everything's crumbling, at least in this country. That's promised to us. But Christ is the salvation from his own judgment. And you can debate in your mind whether it's fair or not. Uh, At the end of the day, it's his universe. So it is fair. What Christ does is fair. And what isn't fair is the fact that we who deserve me who deserves eternal damnation for my sin, your sin, your sin that you have deserves eternal damnation. But Christ, even so, the just died for the unjust. So that way you can spend eternity with him and you can live for him here, save from yourself and save from his wrath. That's our commander. And so we're going to move on from that. <clears throat> we're going to move on to verse 11 into our next point. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So first we need to know our commander, but secondly we need to know our enemy. Now, knowing your commander, who you're taking orders from, is extremely important if you're a soldier. Who are you listening to? And there's a lot of times in the confusion, especially if you're a lower rank, where everyone's trying to tell you what to do. And I remember uh, when I was in Afghanistan, I, <laughs> I, a bunch of people who were hiring me were telling my soldiers what to do, not telling me. They thought, well, I'm a major. I can do whatever I want. So they went over. They said, hey, you do go to this. Hey, you go do that. Um, without telling me. Now I'm looking for my guys trying to figure out where they are. I finally find them. I'm like, why the heck are you guys over here? Oh, well, Major so-and-so told us to come over here. Well, he never told me. I needed you over here. This was a no-fail mission. And it's it's stuff like that that drives NCOs up the wall because we're technically a lower rank. And I told them at that point, I was like, if Sergeant Cooper doesn't tell you what to do, you don't do it. If they got a problem with you saying, I'm not going to do it until you talk to Sergeant Cooper, you tell them to come find me. Because if it's not no big deal, you're going to go do it. But if I got you doing something else for a reason, the rank shouldn't matter. You need to know who you're taking commands from. Now, I wasn't their commander. I was their, you know, their squad leader. But at the same time, knowing who your commander is who you're taking those orders from is extremely important. So that way in the chaos of hearing everything going around, you know, what voice you're supposed to listen to So know your commander, but also knowing your enemy We're at war. Who are we fighting? Like who, who are we going after? Am I just swinging my sword, firing my gun and all around me and whatever moves? No, I need to know exactly who my enemy is. 
And that's the second point that we see here in verse 11 and 12. And Satan is that enemy. Satan is the king of lies. He controls our culture. You know, not wrestle against flesh, but the rulers and authorities of the cosmic powers of this present darkness, forces of evil in the heavenly places. There's an evil, especially in this country now. I mean, there's an evil that's going on. You can see, I mean, I saw a news article the other day that they're trying to desensitize or normalize. Uh, they called it minor sex attracted people or whatever it is, pedophilia, though. And it's like, that's evil. That's evil stuff. We all knew this is eventually where it was going. You know, anyone with half a brain knows the slippery slope. But that's the evil, the abortion, the murder of babies in this country. To think that there's nothing evil surrounding all that. Are the rulers and the authorities allowing that? That there's nothing evil with the tyranny of the way the rule of Satan, which is tyranny, uh, that's been going on in this country as of late. And Satan rules those 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 powers. I mean, you look at what he did with Herod. He, he, when Christ came to this earth, tried to hunt down Christ and kill him. Same with Moses. Um, to all the Hebrews. I mean, this is this is of Satan. Satan influences the rulers and authorities in this world. Satan also tempts and attacks you. Um, I think most of it's his system. Demons can't attack you. Most of it is a system. I for think that Satan uh, has the the time to to step aside and attack me personally every day. Uh, he is not omnipresent. He is not God. He can be in one place at one time. And so I think that his, his time uh, is probably better spent at the higher echelons of, of culture and rule of countries, influencing those leaders, possessing those leaders. Um, and if you're an Amil guy, then you believe that Satan is bound. It's his demons doing that. Um, but Satan also tries to tempt the church. He tries to bring in his wolves in sheep's clothing to tempt the church and bring them away from God. And we see that in the infusion of liberalism into these churches. And again, the slippery slope is, is a very true thing. And uh, it starts very small. But once you start that in there, that liberalism in there, it never ends. It never ends. Satan prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Uh, he's not a frontal attack kind of guy. He stalks. Uh, I remember when I first got to recon, that's what we did. We prowled around like lions um, in our ghillie suits, in the tall grass, moving around, real sneaky, um, setting up serve sites or FFPs and, and really you know, stealthy spots. And people would walk right by and have no idea we were there. And then we would pounce. And we would ambush them. Just just a couple guys. But we were able to do a lot of damage because of the element of surprise. And that's what Satan looks for. He looks for that chink in your armor. He's prowling around. A lion, a prowling lion's not looking for the, the hard target. And presenting a hard target is a key to winning these spiritual battles. Um, but whenever Satan's looking, he's looking for that weak spot that he can attack you on. So it's easier prey. So that's Satan and, and his demons and his influence is attacking. But the, the second enemy, the second enemy is yourself. Uh, even when you're saved, you, you wrestle against yourself. 
Paul talks about all the time is I think it's Romans eight, where there's just this, it seems like a madman talking about himself. What I want to do, I, I don't do what I don't want to do. I, I, I do. And, it, and he goes on back and forth, back and forth. And you're like, Paul, man, it sounds like a madman. And, and that's exactly what he sounds like, but it's exactly what goes on inside of us. I wrestle with my flesh all the time. There's a lot of times I don't feel like I even need Satan to me because my flesh takes over at times. And it's an all out war battle to fight, to fight that. It's our sin nature. And, and there's all this hoopla going around saying, trust, trust your heart. Your heart will guide you and all this stuff. But Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who may know it? We need to understand that. We need to understand that we don't follow our emotions, but we focus on the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. That's what we need to focus on. You need to, you need the spirit, the Holy Spirit and the word of God to fight yourself. So you fight on a two front. You fight the enemy outside the wire, outside the gate. And you come back into the wire and think you're going to get some rest in yourself. And the enemy is right there. Just a different enemy. But the enemy is right there. So that's know who your commander, know who you're taking commands from, but also know that who your enemy is. And your enemy is Satan. But your enemy is also yourself. And so that leads us to our next point, which is know your kit. Now, in the military, uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know if the Marines call this. I assume they do. I assume all branches, all combat arms, people call it this, but your kit is your body armor. Uh, it's everything attached to it. It's all your mag pouches. It's, it's the way your weapons set up. It's your grenades. It's all that stuff, right? That's your kit. So uh, know your kit is your body armor, is your, your, your spiritual armor. Um, and when we go when we, we're going to dig into each one of these points more in separate podcasts. Each one of these points is going to have their own podcast or two. And, uh, and we're going to be going through the book, uh, The Believer's Armor by John MacArthur, which is an amazing book where he just goes into so much detail into all of the, the armor of God. And, uh, and then we're just going to do a brief go through now. I'm going to read the, the scripture first, starting in verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation. That's your kit, right? It's belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. The shoes of peace, or gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation. And in, in the belt, uh, the belt back in that day, the everyone wore tunics or mandresses. And so they had to tuck in that mandress uh, whenever they got ready to fight. You know, gird up your loins is, is a typical uh, expression. Well, the way you'd gird them up was the belt of truth. And you tighten them up in this belt. And so you're ready. It was a readiness. So that way, when the enemy, when you're fighting, especially in hand-to-hand -hand combat like that, uh, any of you who have done jujitsu know that when you're uh, fighting gi, people grab on your gi and they can pull you down by it. 
And that's kind of the same concept. You wanted everything to be tight. So that way the enemy couldn't grab onto something and pull you down. And so having your belt on, tucking in your tunic, that was a sense of readiness. Kind of like those of you guys who did night raids and that in the military. When you put your nods down, that's like go times. Like click and it's go time. Any time we went outside the wire at night, um, you know, it, it just felt like go time. You put your nods down, you're seeing green or you're seeing the white phosphorus and you were like, all right, cool, it's go time. Um, and that's kind of the same concept here. Tightening up your life with the truth. What are the, what are the loose things in your life that can trip you up? Get your life ready for battle. Don't give Satan uh, any opportunity. Don't be chatting with, with women who aren't your wife on the interwebs, right? Uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta clean that up. I gotta clean it up. We gotta clean that up, right? That's, I gotta clean up things in my life. I gotta clean up, you know, whatever it is. Am I, am I lusting after a fitness model that I follow on Instagram? Um, that's a loose end in my life. That's something I don't need. I don't need that temptation. I don't need that to lead me down a path. Get that out of here. Right. Um, if I hang out with certain people or talk to certain people, and I know I'm going to drink too much. We hang out with them. I'm going to get drunk, which is a sin. And that's going to open up opportunities for Satan to come after me. Is that even worth going down that path? No, it's not. We need to cut that loose end. We need to tighten up our life with the truth. What does the truth say? And tighten up our life around that. Right? Those are the sins that we got to look out for. Sins that I have to look out for. What am I, what am I struggling with? What, what, what loose ends do I still have in my life? that I need to go and I need to, to tighten up, right? It's go time. That's what that belt of truth means. Then we have the breastplate of righteousness, which the righteousness talked about here is a righteous living, a holy life that protects our vitals. Uh, I had a platoon sergeant who got shot in the plates on his first mission in, uh, I think he said it was in Iraq. And he had to go the rest of the mission with his uh rest of the patrol with his plates all jumbled up. He didn't have any more protection, you know? And, and he said it was so scary because he had just first time out and boom, he gets shot in the plate, but that protects your vitals, protects your vital organs. Um, and that righteous living you daily giving up yourself and living righteously is what protects the vital areas of your life, that your heart, your gut, right? Shoes shot with the gospel of peace. And, and the shoes for fighting back then were like cleats, right? They dig in. I had a pair of pair of what I call jungle cleats. They're Nike jungles. They're legit cleats. And when I would go around the gulches when I was stationed in Hawaii, uh, before I'd be slipping and sliding with garments. But once I put those jungle cleats on, man, I was doo -doo -doo, like a monkey up those stinking gulches, swinging tree to tree even with the heavy ruck on, because I could dig in. And this context here in spiritual warfare is standing firm. That's what I believe that we're doing here. We're standing firm, and, and these cleats give us that. And, and how can we stand firm in the battle? And the battle is rough. The battle is hard. We can stand firm because we know we have peace with God through the gospel. That's what I really believe that, that, that that's talking about. It's not... Um, you know, the, the shoes that we go out and share the gospel, which is how I've heard it said before, but rather it's a peace that we have because of the gospel that we can stand firm and stay in the fight. 
I can stay in the fight and I can stand firm and not give up any ground because I know no matter what happens, I have peace with God because of the salvation that we had talked about in the beginning of this episode. Next is the shield of faith. And this is a basic trust as God is our protector and his word is true. The shields covered the entire body. And, they, and we see the, here that they're extinguishing the flaming darts of the evil one. Flaming darts, as MacArthur would say, is, are the temptations likened to a flaming arrow shot by the enemy and quenched by oil-treated leather shield. These are the temptations. And, and, what, and what protects us? That protection is faith in God, his word, and his promises, and that guards us from those temptations. It's putting our faith and continually running to him as our, he is our fortress. He is our protector as the Psalms continually say that God is our fortress and our faith in him, that he will protect us in the time of temptation. He will uh, provide us a way of escape, right? Whenever we're tempted. And the last piece is the helmet of salvation. And this is a confidence in our eternal security, our glorification. Uh, the devil wants to take away that confidence. The devil wants to take away your confidence that you are saved. The, the thought process that you can lose your salvation is exactly what the devil wants. He doesn't want you to believe that you're eternally secure because you're always going to be second-guessing yourself. And when you start to second-guess your salvation, that now you're putting your faith in yourself and not in the grace of God, right? The head is an extremely vulnerable place and the broad sword of, of the devil's temptations and his onslaught of false doctrine He's looking to just knock your head off, but that salvation is in, in your, your trust and your confidence that you are saved and that one day uh, you will be with him no matter what happens. That is what protects that most vulnerable area. And on top of that, if you know that your most vulnerable area is protected, right? It's like there's, they always say that there's no greater soldier than one who doesn't fear death, right? Well, that's, that's not fearing death. That's what that is. It's that. I don't care what happens to me. I'm go I am saved and I'm going to heaven. I'm just going to fight this fight. You can't kill a soldier who doesn't fear death. And that's what we're supposed to be. And so that's our kit and so we've seen that we need to know our commander which is Christ. We need to know our enemy which is Satan and ourselves. We need to know our kit which we just went through. The last two pieces or the last piece going into the uh typically would would be lumped in with our kit, but I lump it into knowing how to fight. And that's at the, the second part of verse 17. We're going to pick it up there. And it says, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication, which goes in the verse 18. And so this is how to fight. The word of God is how we fight. And uh, wielding the sword is something that takes study. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes love. It takes meditation of the word of God to really know it and to use it to fight. You need to use the word of God to fight when you're in these battles. That sword is the word of God. That sword of the spirit is the word of God. And you need to study it. You need to memorize this. That way in the time of temptation, you may have a defense. You know, it's, it is the return fire. If you study uh, Jesus's temptation in the beginning of Luke and also in Matthew, uh, what does Jesus do? Even when he's, even when Satan uses the word of God against him, he fires back with the word of God because that is how we fight. 
you know, we don't fight from our own strength. We don't fight with our own words. We fight with God's words. Why would we use man's philosophy to try to, to try to get out of something, right? No, we just need to know what Christ says, what God says, what the word of God says. And that is what we fight. And we do that both offensively and defensively, which is what we're going to get into here in a little bit. But that word of God, that is the counter punch, right? That is the counter jab with the sword. And also it's call for fire. And anyone who's uh, in the infantry knows call for fire, F-O. Uh, if you're not a um, combat soldier, you're not a soldier at all, you may not know what call for fire is. And basically call for fire is it's calling for artillery support for, or mortar support, or there's uh, CAS, nine line, uh, close air support, um, CCA, which is, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've had to say that, <laughs> that five line, but this is air support, right? Um, so that all goes into call for fire. We're going to generalize it. And when we call for fire, that's prayer. That's what we see here. Verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, right? It's that constant prayer. Our radio to God is prayer, right? That's our lifeline. I had a platoon sergeant who said to me when I, uh, actually wasn't a platoon sergeant, senior RTO, sorry. And when he, when I became an RTO on a recon team, sat us all down giving us a class or whatever and he said he's like this is the most deadly weapon on the battlefield this radio we all kind of laughed because we assumed it was a 240 um you know in, in the infantry platoon and he said no he said, you can call for fire with this and you can bring down just steel from hell uh and i was like you know what you are absolutely right and it made that correlation to this is that in time of warfare in the time of of when we need help, we pray to the Lord. We pray to him. It's just that raining that fire down. And God, when we pray to him with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, he will come for us in the time of battle. That is the call for fire. That is the lifeline that we're sending up is prayer. So we fight, right? Know how to fight is fighting with prayer and it's fighting with the word of God. And on top of that, we look at here the defensive fight. So in that fight, there's defensive right here, second part of verse 18. And that's to the end, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for the saints. Keep alert. When you're on guard, you're keeping alert. Even when you're on patrol, that's a defensive mechanism is to keep alert, constant, eye on, you know, head on a swivel, right? So we keep alert. We stand firm, which is what we saw here uh, in the beginning right? In verse uh, 11, stand, stand against the schemes of, of the devil. We stand firm. That's what we're doing. And so when we keep alert, we keep our head on a silver lie because the devil's like a prowling lion. He's not just going to come out and say, hi, I'm the devil. And this is how I'm going to tempt you. Hi, I'm the devil. This is how I'm going to destroy your church. No, it's very subtle. He sneaks his way in. He's a snake, right? He's a snake of old. And so on the defensive side, we need to keep alert. That defense is we're on patrol and we get attacked. And this is how we react, right? But it's supplication for all the saints, making supplication for all the saints. We do this together. We do this together. We fight together. There's a battle buddy system here. We can't fight this fight alone. We can't fight this fight alone. We need each other. And so in this fight, knowing how to fight is knowing how to fight with each other. And that's praying for each other. 
that's my buddy will text me, hey, and I'll text him, hey, CFF, call for fire. That means I need to pray for him, right? It means I'm sending a call for fire to him. It's getting together afterwards and saying, hey, how'd it go? Doing a quick AAR, a little hot wash. How'd it go? Oh, this is what I did wrong. I fell into temptation. Okay, got it. We got to do that with each other. We got to learn how to fight together because we're, if we do this alone, we, we're not going to win. We're just going to get tired and we're going to just give up. But if we do it with each other, if we encourage each other, if we build each other up, if we find that battle buddy we can fight with, then the fight just becomes easier. The fight, may, or maybe not easier, but it becomes becomes more, I want to struggle. I want to go through it with you because I have a battle buddy I can go with, with it through. <clears throat> and then the last part here, uh, and also for me, that the words may be given to open my mouth and boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains and declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And this is our offensive warfare. This is our offensive warfare. And our offensive warfare is boldly proclaiming the gospel. That's what we're doing on offense. We're preaching the word in and out of season, as it says in, in, in uh, Timothy. Oh, excuse me. Flip into my Bible here to kind of give you the offensive warfare sense. And that's in 2 Corinthians 10. Paul here is defending his ministry, and he starts here in uh, verse 3, and he says, Though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Our weapons are powerful. And we just talked about that. That's prayer and the spirit. Or excuse me, and the word. We start arguments, very lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. We're taking arguments that are raised up against Christ and we're bringing them to his feet and we're making them bow we're making them repent those ideas and we're talking to people and they say something that's against scripture. We don't just say, Oh, well, that's your opinion. Well, no, we show them like, okay, well, let me show you what the Bible has to say about this. Oh, homosexuality is not a sin. Oh no. Let me take you to some Bible verses here. Hey, you can have sex outside of marriage. Ah, oh, no. Let me take you some Bible verses here. Hey, well, you know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't really raise again. Ah, uh, let me take you to some Bible verses here. Oh, you know, Jesus was just a prophet. Eh, let me take you to the word of God. That's how we're fighting. That's how the offensive battle goes. It's the gospel isn't just what I shared before of how to get saved, how to uh, come to Christ and repent of your sins. No, it's, it's, it is everything. It's, it's living for Christ. It's submitting to him. That's what the gospel is. And so when we're when we're submitting everything to Christ and people are raising, are there some, are there some things we're not going to be able to answer? Sure. I'm not going to be able to carry on about microbiology, right? There comes a point where it's like, look, dude, like, I don't know how you can believe God didn't create all this. I don't know how you can believe that God didn't create all this in six days by his words, right? Because if you look at just random things evolving, it doesn't make any dang sense. Now we can argue that, and, and maybe that's my fault. I need to I need to study a little bit more. Biology is not my passion in life, but to getting to a point where I can argue with someone, sure. But I'm not going to win them over to Christ via an argument. What I am going to do 
is I'm going to share the gospel with them through my time. It's like, well, hey, that same God, we have to believe God created this. Why? Because how can you believe that if God didn't create this, how can you believe that he's not going to redeem this? How, how can you believe that if sin didn't enter the world through Adam, right, that Christ did, had to come to crush sin? So that way we may be saved. We can put our faith in him and our trust in him. Like, that's the point of this, right? It all connects. The Bible connects. And so when we abandon these arguments, when we don't fight this warfare that Paul talks about here, we do a disservice. And so I hope this was a, this was a good little um, showing about, uh, about spiritual warfare. And um, I'd like to encourage you to check out our website. Uh, we have a blog on our website that we post every Thursday. Uh, we just got done doing our spiritual kit. Um, so if you want to look ahead and look at the kit and look at a little thing I, I wrote on all those, uh, we're now entering our, um, series on Christ, knowing your commander and just some different aspects of Christ. Uh, you can go to our website. It's the godly grunts 116.wixsite.com slash my dash site. Uh, it will be in the link in the show notes. Uh, you can also access it from our Facebook and Instagram page. Highly encourage you guys to go to those. Check out, uh, we put posts every week. We do a different unit uh, to focus your prayers towards. We put out a meme every Monday, go through a part of the Constitution on Fridays, a proverb every Wednesday. Uh, we just try to add some different stuff in there to keep it fresh. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm uh, John Cooper. Braun couldn't be here with me today, but I uh, really appreciate you listening and hope to uh, to see you soon, talk to you soon, and uh, climb for his.